Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. Hello, I'm Jonathan Bowman-Perks and welcome back to my favourite time of the week. And I'm delighted to have Stefan Barden with me, who I've known for a number of years. Mm. Um, and we're talking about inspiring leadership. So Stefan, mm. um, tell us a bit about yourself so people know what you've done mm. and what you're doing now. Mm. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, you know, the, the greatest example of inspiring leadership, but uh, I've had an you know, interesting journey in life. Um, I came from a family that has no background in business whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I've had great mentors as I've gone through my career. Um, I started off as an engineer uh, and was sponsored by Unilever on their international uh, training program. And I guess my career is, uh, can be divided into three parts. The first of about 10 years, started off for seven years uh, with Unilever, um, both in the UK and internationally, in engineering and then moving into marketing and sales. Um, then an MBA, fully oh, yeah, expecting, right. fully, yeah, fully expecting to go back to Unilever, but was approached by McKinsey. Um, so I went and did what I, you know, later look back on as my PhD in business at McKinsey. Did three, three and a half years there, uh, and I had uh, when I joined thirteen things, a baker's dozen of things that I wanted to do, uh, and I spent my time finding studies to do every single one of those. Right, yeah. So. After 10 years, uh, my sort of apprenticeship was over uh, and I felt that I ought to do a real job and uh, was um, uh, started looking at, at, at a variety of, uh, of roles. And I then started getting into general management. Yeah. Um, so I started off in Ice and Frozen Foods, uh, running their grocery business in my sort of early 30s and uh, moved through a progression of companies, eventually uh, the CEO of Heinz UK and Ireland um, yeah. at the age of 39. Very good. Um, and, and then later on, uh, uh, running a FTSE 250 company, Northern Foods, uh, in my early 40s, yeah. through, 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 through the majority of my 40s. Um, and uh, um, then uh, as I approached 50, I went into the third stage of my career, which was sort of mentoring yeah. uh, people. So I was able to step back a little bit and... Uh, really start to focus on giving back to the next generation and really working with entrepreneurs um, and entrepreneurs of high growth companies and companies that had a real ambition to change the world, become number one in their particular uh, environment and uh, not, not particularly helping them in their particular area of excellence because they would know a lot about that, but how do they then grow out the business, go through the growth phases and in particular work with the boards work with, mm. uh, build executive teams around them so that they get stuff done yeah. and keep the momentum going. So there's a lot of growth phases and the way that the businesses um, have to be restructured as they go through each uh, phase takes takes you know some thinking through yeah. and I'm able to help them do that. Great. And that's what I've been doing. Fantastic. So, uh, and, you talked, and you talked about um, some people have really influenced you mm. and uh, mentored you. Mm. Uh, this, this series is about inspiring leadership. Mm. Who, who did you find... Uh, if you pick one who was an inspiring leader, 
Who, yeah. who was it? And, well, and what were their qualities that you, yeah. you'd say others who are listening should, yeah. should try and um, pick up some of those skills? Because yeah. some of them are just skills as well so, as Exactly. So, yeah. And um, so uh, it, it's, it's always embarrassing to, um, you know, pick people because then you feel like you've, you've not. <laughs> there are others who are very good and, and have helped you a lot who you, who you haven't mentioned. So, you know, you could pick your parents. And genuinely, my parents have been an influence on me, my mother and father, for very different reasons. Um, and, and they le left me very grounded. Uh, I could pick um, a guy called uh, John Sharp, who was the CEO of Alida Fabergé, my very first Unilever um, uh, business unit that, mm. that I went into, very inspirational and um, uh, enabled me to think about the world in completely different ways. I could choose people like Malcolm Walker, the entrepreneur who, who built Ice and Frozen Foods. When I went there, that was fascinating learning about entrepreneurship through, through watching him. And what was it? What were yeah. his skills that if you picked out one that you... Well, the person I would choose is actually Ian Davis, who okay. was, um, when I was at McKinsey, he was, uh, he was the head of the uh, European uh, Consumer Group. But he went on to run the UK office for three times three years, which is the maximum you can do, and then the, and then the global firm. All right. And what he was really good at was simplifying the issues yeah. <laughs> um, to, to the crux of what the problem was that we were solving for the client. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a great thing that McKinsey does. So in times of stress, um, what's the real thing, the root cause of all of these issues, yeah. and then how do we solve it as simply as possible? And the second thing was solving these problems with humanity. Yes. You know, so it's not that everybody's rubbish. Yeah. It's just that people have got a little bit lost or there's some conflicting views in the in the company that need to yeah. be helped through. But everybody's actually a fantastic person around the table. Uh, so so that yeah, was probably the biggest influence. Excellent. And what about um, learning from your own mistakes? Cause, yes. Because uh, humility is a key yes. quality in leaders. And and also admitting that we make mistakes. Some people think they've never yes. made any mistakes. Uh, that, like Donald Trump, he's never made. Yeah. Mistake. But but <laughs> right? what, what yeah. did you learn from from one of your mistakes? Yeah, and and yeah. What, how would you learn it to, to share with others? So they well, can... I'm sure I'm sure I've had many mistakes, um, and 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 hopefully a few good decisions along the way. But I think you know I've I've made more bad decisions than than, than good ones. And I think the trick is simply this: reflect at the end of the day what worked well and what could be even better. And the thing to do is that in the small mistakes get get stay small, yeah. um, and the big uh, successes you have, you double up on them, yeah. and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. So uh, it's trying to make the best decisions you can, mm. um, and um, and then reflect every single day on what's working well. And one of the performance uh, coaching things that I try and put into the teams that I work with is a weekly reflection, if not a daily reflection, yes, but a weekly yeah, team reflection yeah. on these things. So there are many, many mistakes. It, my biggest mistake really is around um, doing things when I've taken advice that my gut doesn't think is right. And I yes. think the key learning is at the end of the day, you have to retain responsibility for the decisions you make. Yes. Okay. Yes. And even if you take advice widely, if it's if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. That's actually a coaching uh, tip that I give my my, yeah, my CEOs I, I, as well. I you know, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And and um, I this is you know in particular, I've done this on hiring. So yeah, everybody's we're all coming to a conclusion, and mentally we want something to to succeed. We we've got somebody that fits the brief, and there's just something in my gut saying no. And when I have hired 
later on we find out what my gut was yeah. telling me. Yeah, so, it's yeah. very true. Um, yeah. Alison Nemo in her session said, um, "Har slowly, fire yeah. quickly." Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. take take time. Good Finally, uh, your, your top tip. What would it be to to the listeners? Well, uh, top leadership tip. Yeah, we could talk about focus because without focus and a goal, you can't get started. We could talk about. Um, you know, energy and drive because you need to put momentum and, and, and effort into things. But I, I guess the top tip would be resilience. Yeah. You just have to keep going. Yeah. And there's, there's two lenses to resilience. One would be um, getting up when you get knocked down. Yeah. Uh, but the other is just keeping going. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of endurance sports and that's a great metaphor, I think, yeah. is you know what you've got to do to get to the end. Your brain doesn't want you to do it particularly. <laughs> but when you do do it, there's such a, um, um, you know, such a, a sense of achievement yeah. and, 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 and doing the goal. So keeping going, resilience is Brilliant. my key tip. Stefan, thank you. Wise words as always. Great spending time with thank you. Thank you. Really, Pleasure. really appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, this is Jonathan Bowman-Perks, and welcome back to Inspiring Leadership Extra with Stefan Barden, where we're going to have a lovely chance to chat for about 30 minutes on various topics to do with leadership uh, that amuse us and that uh, stimulate us as we chat in um, banter between each other. So, Stefan, uh, what, what should we talk about? What was the topic we were just discussing earlier? Well, why don't we talk about health and well-being? Yeah. Life goals. Yeah. I think perspective. Yeah. I yeah. think that'd be great because um, when I, uh, you know, we've known each other possibly 15 years, yeah, yeah. I think. About 15. Uh, you're still at 57. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the healthiest and fittest looking guys I know. So what is it you've Very been kind. doing? What is it you've been doing? Tell us. Yeah. Well, I... I uh, you know, I think I think being healthy is about um, uh, you know, and I, you agree with this because you know, in our formative years, you were, you were coaching me when I was the CEO of uh, Northern Foods um, uh, back at, back in the day, and uh, I have a, um, a view of the world that is uh, one should have a healthy um, be healthy physically, mm. um, healthy mentally, and healthy spiritually. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've tried to do. I, I also believe, by the way, that you can have most things in life just not at the same time. So I think, <laughs> I think where a lot of people go wrong is trying to pack everything in, uh, yeah, yeah. in at that time. And, and um, you know, when we were uh, first met uh, and you were generously helping me, um, uh, the, the, you know, I was working long hours. I was mm. traveling internationally. You know, I'd worked with McKinsey. I'd worked... Um, you know, in, in, in Heinz internationally and, uh, and, and even though I was in a UK company with Northern Foods, I was commuting on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and it just meant that the exercise couldn't, couldn't be as much as I actually wanted, even though I did, did some exercise during that time. So at 50, when I retired and reigned back, I'm sort of working part time, but I can now do a lot of sport. Um, but one of the things that I, I think about is uh, the hundred year life. Yeah. And there, there is actually a book uh, out uh, about that, which I'd encourage people yeah, yeah. to read. I've read it. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good book, and um, and it's a, and it's all the about London chapters. Business School professor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Female lady. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's all about chapters in your life and thinking yeah. things and and thinking about the the you know the different generations and and we can be in the forefront and we can shape life and our and our life chapters in the way that we want them. We don't have to look back at stereotypes and 
and, and what's happened in the past. So I, I do think of the 100 year life and I'd like, we were chatting about this, I'd like my health span to be the same as the lifespan. Yeah. Um, and it would be fantastic if I'm very, very fit, 100, you know, get, get to be 100 kilo for one day. Yeah. You know? So will that happen? Because I know so many that get, yeah, yeah, get into yeah. late 60s, if not yeah. early 70s, and they're terribly ill yeah, and scrambly. Right. And yeah. you go, this is no life. Yeah. This yeah. is this an existence. Yeah. And one of the fascinating things is, I think, um, you know, intuitively, I've always felt that we could do a lot for ourselves. And I think um, the science is now, you know, saying that as well, which is, mm. which, which, which is great. So there's things like uh, doing some exercise, not too much. I'm probably verging on the too much, but, yeah. you know, just on the cusp. And uh, eating well uh, yeah. and probably going to plant-based. We can talk about that if you yeah, actually yeah, want. Yeah. To, yeah. I'm not quite there, but I'm very, very much on that journey. And, and uh, you know, some, some in my family are vegan. And my mm. son's vegan and my wife's almost vegan. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I eat more or less what I want, but I'm a massive meat reducer. Um, and, and, and then there are other things. So it's also about thinking about your mental health and thinking about your spiritual health as well. And, okay. and you know, just making sure that you're very balanced. So let me pick up on that because um, so what I've uh, learned in I suppose since back since March when I had mm. a cancer scare, but yeah. luckily it turned out to, yeah. that I, was, I got the all clear. But while yeah. I was waiting for the results, I read widely mm. uh, on similar books that we both read. So mm. How Not to Die, yes. by Dr. Michael Greger, yeah, yeah, um, uh, and then uh, the Plant Paradox, yeah, yeah, um, and, and various other things. Also the China study. Oh, that's massive yes yeah, which was which was really interesting yeah i'm a great fan of that yeah and then the health revolution by a swedish lady yeah. um um borealis i think was her name mm -hmm. uh, and and then i had the, the luck of meeting at the sanger institute and talking with um the expert on the microbiome right yes and uh he's a doctor who's done a number of yeah. work his, his name will come to me in a moment yeah. But uh, Trevor Lawley, uh, yeah, Trevor yeah. Lawley, yeah. And Tr Trevor was sort of telling me about the fact that, you know, we're not eating for ourselves, we're eating yeah. for our good gut buddies. Yeah, yeah. And there's good gut buddies and there's bad ones. And yeah. there's, there's, there's more cells in Stefan that are not Stefan yeah, than yeah, yeah. The cells that are Stefan, yeah. which I find so And particularly DNA. Oh, yeah. So it's something like 15% of the cells are human yeah. and it's 85, but you know, it's but 99.5% of the DNA is, is not yours. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you can actually reset your, some of your DNA yes. by the way, the, the, yeah. the lifestyle you have. Yes. And that this particular thing about going for this uh, anti-inflammatory lifestyle, yes. not just food, but anti-inflammatory yeah, yeah. lifestyle, that, that your gut has a mucus lining yes and if you're giving the gut buddies the right foods yeah. mainly plant-based whole food yeah then uh, the mucus yeah. is protected but if you're not and you're eating yeah, yeah. bad foods and we can talk about what those are then it it, it start the, the bacteria the gut buddies start eating the mucus yes. because they haven't got the right stuff yeah and then the lining of the wall gets thin and yeah. the bad bacteria gets through and yeah. that's when you get inflammation yeah and also a lot of the autoimmune problems exactly that you have so so i before i hand back over to you for your thoughts stefan mm. i'm I was doing a program, a coaching program with a guy mm -hmm. called um, Brian Johnson in mm -hmm. California. Yeah. And he taught us about eat, move, sleep, yeah. breathe, focus, and prosper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's this whole thing, as you're saying, about great. What, yeah. what you eat 
um, the, the constant movements. I've got a standing yeah. desk here, which I can yeah. lift up and down at, and, and at my office at home as well. Um, sleep that the um, uh, that that fantastic book. Why we yeah. sleep? Yes, which is that is a great so, book. So good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, th- this this Jonathan, whole idea we're of like people. twins. Yeah, we're the same age as well. But um, I, I, let's let's pass back over to you. So, what's your thoughts on this? And what what have, so, you, look, what have you been doing? I think I, th- I think the first thought for uh, for any, for any listeners here is. Um, uh, some of this is controversial, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, my view on this is, uh, you know, I read what I, I, I read widely and, uh, and then I put into place what I think is sensible, okay? And, um, and when people tell me uh, that, you know, perhaps I'm doing the wrong thing, I say it's a judgment and really at the end of the day, who knows? But all the things I'm doing seem to be working for me, and that's what it's all you about. You look younger. You yeah. damn look younger. <laughs> Thank you. You're most kind. But um, and uh, and uh, and it's interesting because most of the people who would push back against this science, they don't look very fit, and they, you know, oh, and, and so on and so forth. Well. And if you if you go onto YouTube, it's fascinating where you've got the people uh, proponing the sort of diet and lifestyle that we would say are all terribly thin, and and they're ageless. Yeah. You know, you're going, oh, that's that's you know looks about 50 and he's 75 or something yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and uh other people on the other side perhaps look about 50 and they're 35 if you see what i mean yeah. and so um and so uh, you know not not everything's going to be totally proven no. but in life we have to make some decisions today and i i try and make the best decisions and what i can say is that the lifestyle that we we we've not met for a couple of years and we're talking about what we we're doing we're both very, very happy with it. We feel great. Mm. And I think that's that's what it's about. Uh, and also the energy levels. Talk about yeah. the energy difference that you're finding yeah. now with this lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of endurance sport. You know, I do, um, you know, I race something called uh, the 70.3 a triathlon. So it's the middle middle distance race. The, the full Ironman is, is too exhausting for me. I've done... I've done one and it took me about three weeks to recover. Yeah. But um, because like, you're staying with it, and I like to race properly, by the way. So yeah. I don't like to put no, no, through you, it. You don't, yeah. you don't do things lightly. Yeah. But, but the, it is very interesting in one of the books, the anti-inflammatory lifestyle, yeah. that they found. And, and I, you know, had an earlier life of double mountain marathons. Yes. And others, yeah. But they're saying now that actually that's highly inflammatory. Yes. The, the, the distance events, yeah. they're really pushing the endurance. Yeah. And, and Goggins, uh, what was his yeah. name? Um, I've forgotten about it, but he, he did. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. He was a seal and did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But he, you just you just blow through your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, I've now toned down the distances yeah. I do and yeah. how much I run and how much because yeah. I don't want to inflame the body. Because yeah. uh, you think about some so, of those events like ah oh, man, it takes you ages yeah. to recover. Yeah, it does. And and um, I, I do half Ironman uh, distance, okay. but 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 uh, but it's 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 like about a quarter of the. Impact what what on just tell the listeners what so, half Ironman is? Well, it would be a one point nine kilometer swim, and wow. then a ninety k bike, and then a half marathon on the wow. end, twenty one k. So it's that's, about five and a half hours or something like that. That's that's seriously. Yeah, yeah. and I and I and I like to do it to you know to be reasonable. I, I never podium, but I get I'd like be disappointed if I wasn't in the top ten percent or something wow. like that. But. Um, um, you know, and I do that to set goals, uh, but I, 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 I race um, to keep fit, um, not keep fit to race. So yes. the race, the race is just a few races a year. Uh, and it just sets a goal to give you something to do. To Good. Give, well, stay, so, stay with that yeah, for a moment, because yeah. it is interesting. Psychologically, we are... Um, 
we're very we're very uh, we're teleological but we, yeah. we we teleos you know the mm. target we, yeah, yeah we're very exactly. target goal yeah. focused so humans yeah. love goals yeah so so if anybody's listening and, and they want to you know lose weight don't just say you've got to lose something people yeah. don't like losing anything yeah yeah but if you say my target goal which i did for myself i wanted to be i forgot what it was 73 yeah. kilograms yeah and i found that by going uh vegan as i have uh, yes. since march I've, I've dropped down to my target weight yeah, and i'm yeah. very happy sustaining yeah. that i can eat lots of different plant-based foods yeah, and, yeah. And, and i'm absolutely fine um and so you feel so, full all the time i feel full all the yeah, time that's i right. feel very yeah. energized yeah um uh, much more so than before yeah. and clearer headed yeah clearer headed absolutely uh, but but talk about your goals because so having i, I yeah. do one i don't know it's just a sprint track yeah but it's just not very very fast so it, yeah, in yeah. my case it's i don't know i forgot what it was 700 meter swim and a yeah, yeah. 22 kilometer cycle and a 5k run yeah. and that's and that's just fine for me i do it yeah, once yeah. a year raise money for charity yeah, yeah. for our inspiring leadership trust charity for the vulnerable girls mm -hmm. that, yeah, that fantastic um but i like having a goal yes it, it keeps me yeah. having to train and keep fit yeah, for yeah. it but what, what about you so um uh well i've got so every year i update my goals i look at my 100 year plan and yeah. you know and oh, you should have a hundred year plan yeah and then what i'm going to do each decade and then you know what's the decade goals and break it down to the annual goals and and the things i and i just update that and you, you are an engineer aren't you i'm I an engineer <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah as, as 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 we know i was i i got into computing science when there were still punch cards oh, that's you fantastic. know yeah. and uh, you know i was always very very upset that the that my university got pcs the year after I graduated and I, oh. I had to use punch cards and you know or, or, or you know through the whole course but anyway leaving yeah. that aside um yeah so um and it's important to have some physical goals and some um um some mental goals about you know which are generally about taking courses and stretching the mind and keeping my keeping my mind active and yeah. and, and then some spiritual or social goals which you know have to do with society and family yeah, and tell me a bit like about that. that that sounds, that sounds so good. well uh, just just focusing on the physical ones to, yeah. to answer your first question so um you know the sort of things that i do there um are you know i'm the eldest of five so i've got three brothers so as the brothers we do something every year you oh, know really? and 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 my and, and my youngest brother runs a lot so we tend to do a running thing and the and the middle brothers come along and either run with us or support us and we might do an ultra marathon or something like wow. 100k or or a 50k or something like that and we our goal is to um get into the you know if you're into trail running the the utmb the old trail de mont blanc just the short one the occ wow. but not not the proper utmb but there's a shorter race yeah. 59k and this so is, this is what david goggins the, yeah. the guy was doing he was well, just he, running he did, real long one. trails that's oh, right yeah yeah, yeah. so we so we so we we do that and you have to get certain points and then when you've got a number of points you can go into ballot so you have to keep the races going and things like that. so i've got a, a goal around the brothers and then um i've actually got some mates groups of mates and i I tend to go cycling with the different groups once a year or something and then i'll cycle during the year with them and then uh my wife does a lot of triathlon as well so we do our triathlon together and um she will generally choose um a, a race or a competition that she might want to get into um and then you know that and then i would i would come along and see what we want to do we both used to do sprint because she's at the shorter end and now she's got uh, she's actually a, she's moved from being a teacher to a triathlon coach so she's wow. got a group of women 
that um, and friends that they do things together and I, I feel like I can go and do my longer distance stuff which is what I've always as you know is wanted to do <laughs> you, you <laughs> with are, some different you, you friends are. so there's lots of different social yeah. you know, so it's a sport thing but it links into the social thing which is the third goal okay. as you as you were hinting at and you are quite exceptional I mean listeners yeah. to this I, I know <laughs> a few who do what you do and the, and the, and the girl oriented way of Mm. of organizing it very impressed by that the other thing i want to talk about now is uh, share some thoughts on um sleep yes because we talked about eat move sleep oh yeah and um the, the book um why we sleep by dr matthew w- walker which is so very interesting yeah um and i i, I found that to be yeah. profound um I still haven't quite got my sleep ready, so I wear this Whoop strap. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com. I'm not Ooh, uh, giving money, by the way. I've heard about that, but I've not seen yeah. anybody wear it. It's and, good. And yeah. It's really good. So yeah. uh, I uh, have a friend who's a CEO in Seattle, and we okay. have sessions every now and again. And yeah. I suddenly saw him wearing his Apple Watch and his Whoop.com watch. And what was yeah. that? He said, oh, yeah, all the guys over here in the States yeah. have got this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and all the sort of special forces guys and, and, yeah. and the CEOs have them. And so I, I've got one. And, and and then my wife's got one and my daughter's. Yeah, yeah. And I feel I might, have, I might have to get one I by the end of the day. To, I think you're going to have to. And what I find very interesting, it, it does um, three things. That The first thing, it, it measures my cardiovascular strain, which is yeah, fine, yeah. At heart rate yeah. variance, which yeah, yeah. is uh, very yeah. interesting. But the, the strain just through exercise, but also yes. just meetings. Then the, the sleep, that the four different phases, the, yeah. the sleep. Slow wave sleep, yeah, yeah. REM, uh, yeah. light sleep, and awake. And I'm yeah. still not got things quite right because I'm awake quite a lot during the, the evening. Yeah, yeah. At different stages. Mm. So I, I think easily woken. Um, but that is very interesting to look mm. at that how much sleep you've had because you think it's mm. more, you know, you're in bed a yeah, long yeah. time, but actually, how much are you getting good sleep? Yeah. Um, and, and then the third area, which is very interesting, is your recovery. Yes. And, and so if your recovery in percentiles is like yeah. uh, 66% upwards, that's in the green, and yeah, you yeah. can really train hard the next day, yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. You know, yeah, step yeah. and ready, go for it. Yeah. But if I'm down at 33% or below, yeah. it's in the red. Yeah. And it goes, look, mate, you know, do not train yeah. really unless you have to. Take it yeah. easy in your key meetings. Yeah. Don't put a strain on yourself yeah. because you... Your heart rate variance during the deepest part of your sleep and your resting heart rate yeah. was not good and you didn't have enough sleep. And the algorithm yeah. of all those, it goes, just take it easy yeah. because people overtrain. Yeah. And um, so I've actually been following that now for about a year. Yeah. It made a huge difference. And I yeah. can I just listen to my body, really. Yeah. Now, you, you have a rough idea, but having the data, yeah, yeah. I find so useful. So yeah. what's, what's your thoughts? I completely agree with all of that. So yeah. as, as, as I know you know, I've... I've, I've um, with my sport, been tracking data for about 20 years now from wow. the very first heart monitors when they came out, big yeah. clunky things, Timex and then Polar and Garmin probably for the last 20 years. So my, my watch does the things yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. talking about. It does the heart rate, it does the uh, heart rate variance, it does um, the sleep uh, yes. things as well. So it's important, to, it's, all of those are terribly important. What do you do about sleep? <clears throat> How much sleep so do you get a night? I would get between seven and a half and eight hours. That's and, good, and, of, of and, proper sleep. Of proper sleep, and, and so, and, so, um, and uh, occasionally it will be a bit less. Um, because it's, it, I, I've had to get up terribly early to catch a flight or, or, or something like that. Um, but what I about probably, alcohol? 
Uh, do, so do you I, have much? I, so I really don't have much at all. Yeah. No, but do, do you find when you did have alcohol, does it have an impact? I, I think it, yeah, it, it must have. Yeah, yeah. You, at the time, you don't really think it does. But well, we, well, it's not must have. We know it does, yeah. you know, uh, end of story. But um, when I was very young, you know, mid, mid-20s, and when I really started, yeah, with, with Unilever, um, starting to travel a lot. Um, I can remember just being told by some experienced people that sleep was important. And so I learned to meditate, to go to sleep, you know, before anybody were talking these things. And my wife, my, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate because I've been able to get to sleep within about 60 seconds. And, um, and my Did you wife, do it through meditation or? Through meditation, yeah, and relaxation techniques and things like Breathing this. and that kind of stuff. Is yeah, it? yeah. And just there were some things that I learned very early. It's just literally about relaxing from from top to bottom and by the and I can never remember getting to my toes and so I can remember when I used to do the red eye regularly from from New York I would try and you know, if you set yourself a goal, it gets too stressful, and you don't go to sleep. <laughs> you know the, the paradox of it all. You know, trying right? too hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try hard yeah, to sleep. Right. Yeah, yeah, and therefore you can't sleep. So, but my goal always was to um, be asleep by the time the plane leveled off. Oh wow! Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, and you did. Well, I can't remember ever not not doing that. You know, and I used but, to but fly. You know, every six weeks. People will be listening States. to this, and they're yeah. going, you know, Stefan, you are unusual. Yeah. You know, you you yeah. you're you're very well focused, focused about what you absolutely do yes and determined but i believe anybody, discipline discipline well i think I disciplined yeah resilient disciplined but i think that's it i think any, i think most people could do this if they put their mind to it yeah. and they wanted to look at the techniques and if you say it's really important to me so my view was i have to get a good night's sleep to function the next day but and what are, what are the impact if you yeah. don't get what does the science oh, say oh, if you don't get your sleep yeah, what, your what's the impact on? your decision making is very poor and i think what happens is you know, one of, the, one of the things, if I look at my career, is I've never considered myself, I consider myself being good, but not necessarily better than my peers, okay? I've always considered whether I was in the high, you know, I was, I was recruited on the Unilever Accelerated Management Scheme. Because that's I, a very high caliber thing to be it's, part it's, of, it's, it's high, It is high caliber, but I've always considered people to be as good, if not better than me. You know, I was in the pack. I went to mm. McKinsey and just um, in awe of the, of the colleagues around me. And then as you move through life, you look around, you meet up every five, 10 years and you go, oh, you know, I seem to be doing relatively Stay well. Stay with that for a moment. Stay with that for a moment. And I think it's resilience is the, yeah, is the but, key but, thing. And sleep is a key is a key element of resilience. Very much so. Yeah. And what I find so very interesting with all the different people on this series of Inspiring Leadership is um, the work of uh, Sean Acor, who does some very funny TED Talks. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah. h- hilarious ones. But he's done some research as a Harvard uh, ex-professor into what he calls big potential. Mm. So not about the individual, but about the team, yes. which you were very good yeah. at pulling a good team yeah. together. Yeah. And he said when he was at Harvard, you know, it tended to be that the ones who crumbled is they were trying to just do things on their own. But yeah. those who worked together Absolutely. as a pack Absolutely. made a difference. And, and you, you're an example of this, that you were at Unilever, which is a very high caliber thing to be part of. Then yeah. you were at McKinsey, which I've always admired. Um, and you do... you. You are the sum of the people you spend yes. your most time with. Yeah, and yeah. if you spend your time with bright, yeah. um, enthusiastic, driven individuals, yeah. on the one hand, it can be quite destructive if you're not yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah. If you're highly 
competitive and what I call relative deprivation yeah, yeah. that they do well, yeah. so I must be bad. Yeah, yeah, if, you yeah, get, yeah. if you can get away from that, yeah, yeah. But, but just, I think back to my time at Sandhurst and in yeah, the Green yeah. Howards and the Scots Guards yeah. and the Royal Signals, that I spent time with really good caliber people. I learned yeah, yeah. a lot from them and, yeah. and you sort of soak it up, don't you? Yeah, do, do, do you find that? Well, absolutely. And this brings back to sort of coaching entrepreneurs uh, and, and, and helping them go through the various stages of growth in their, in, in their companies. And so one of the very simple models that I use as stolen from Covey is um, the Covey Seven Habits. A mm. uh, fantastic book. I'd recommend that to, to anybody. I, I, I got that at the, the age of 29, just before, just as I was going into my, I read it during the holiday before I went and did my MBA. Seven Habits it, of Highly Effective People. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, you know, transformative, you know, it just really clarified a lot of things that were, I couldn't really articulate. Mm. And I guess that's what I mean, you know, yeah. and, 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 and so on and so forth. Um, but basically the model is you go from being dependent to independent to interdependent yes. and it's the and it's the and it's from going yes. from independent to interdependent that is the big gain and that's the massive coaching point that I talk about in the businesses that I'm in so entrepreneurs go through various stages and um, and there are two massive changes so they go from uh, you know in, in, this is a simple model of the world but uh, they go from being where it's the energy of an individual that gets people that gets gets them going and the key communication method is, uh, is, 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 is that it's empathetic, telepathic, mm. um, in the sense that everybody knows what the founder's doing and the founder's sort of making it up as they go along. Because mm. when you're starting a business, you have to make it up as you go along. Yeah. It's not a bad thing if you're not making it up as you go. And yeah. if you're so fixated, this yeah. is what's going to work. And you take no feedback from your customers you're going to die. So, you know, uh, entrepreneurs are very agile. And then they get to the point where the business, uh, lots of them fail, but a few succeed and people keep changing until they succeed. Um, and then it gets to the point where they need a few people around them. Okay. And they might get some mates and they might begin to share out roles like a finance role or an operations role. The founder's generally customer centric. So it takes some more uh, customer front of, front of house um, uh, roles. Um, but they all muck in together. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, and they will add people until the culture becomes oral. You know, they chat, but they know what people are doing and you can chat. You don't need to write anything down because that would be, why would you do that? Because if, if I say, Jonathan, I thought you would agree that. No, I didn't. No, you bloody well did. Let's get Fred in. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So everything's so right. fluid. You're in a room together probably and so on and so forth. And then the second um, uh, uh, transition to the third stage is when you become more professional and that's you might you might be hitting in the tens of millions or up to 100 million you might be going international you might have different offices and that's when the, the founders who might after 10 years be running out of energy or, or perhaps not running out of energy but want an energy input from a next car train that's when you begin to professionalize and then you need to go to a written uh, thing because not everybody can be in any not everybody should be in every meeting and you have to begin to delegate so yeah. we talk about del what's delegation it's not abdication yes. and, and it's not micromanagement you know and 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 it's not oscillating between the two which is often what the the, the, the default is I, I don't know how okay. to delegate so I just let you get on with it I won't check in at all mm. and then six months later I'll shout at you when you you know I've seen that I've so seen that with the entrepreneurs so, so yeah. your entrepreneurs oscillate around that and it's a it's a, how do you delegate how do you how do you check in and be clear on the what and the why, but allow 
people to do the how in a way that you would not do it, yes. you know, and that's really difficult. Oh, yeah, you do the how, but you must do it yeah. uh, in the way that I would have done it. No, 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 no. You're only focused as the entrepreneur on the goal. Yes. And if you don't allow people to grow and learn themselves, you will have a, a, a bunch of sycophants, yeah. um, you know, working for you and so on and so forth. So they're, they're the, they're the sort of say, roles. I would they're say the sort of what you've the two said, transitions. What yeah, you've said, Stefan, is exactly what I'm experiencing with um, leaders I'm working with of entrepreneurial yeah, yeah, businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they normally are, um, yeah, yeah, exactly as you described. They're perhaps very driven, very passionate about yeah. their particular thing. They're perhaps an engineering background or from yes. Google or something like that. Yes. And they've got this idea. They've been preparing it for a long time. They burst yeah. out of the, the egg of yes. where they were before, yeah. a good company that got them going. And, and they've got a bunch of people with them and they're all mates together yeah, perhaps yeah. And, and it's all going well. Yeah. But then some of them don't actually then have the almost like have to shed and get rid of some people who yeah, yeah. can't make it to the next yes, stage, yes. but they hang on to them because they're their mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually it, it almost gravitational pull, it pulls them back yeah, to the yeah, planet yeah. and they can't launch, they yeah, can't yeah, get yeah. off because they haven't yeah, had yeah. those courageous conversations. Yeah, yeah. I said, look, you're not actually at the yeah, next yeah. level of the board. Yeah. And you're exactly right. They've, they've either micromanaged yeah. or they get very angry with people and they're just, well, it's so, everybody can understand this. It's yeah, so yeah. simple. No, yeah, yeah. no, we can't. And if you yeah. can't articulate it for your own team, yeah, yeah. how can you sell it to your clients? Because yeah, yeah. we don't get what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Well, it's, it's easy. Everyone's going to, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you may think it is, but yeah, we don't yeah. understand what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So uh, Tim Collins talked about this, this, this idea of having a clear, a clear vision and a yeah, mission and exactly. a, that everybody gets, hiring the best you possibly possibly could have yeah, yeah. And, and then getting rid of people yeah, who, yeah. who are not going to make the yeah, journey. Yeah. Let them go kindly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but, but let yeah. them go. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 that's fascinating. That's another dimension of growth. And that is about how quickly you grow. Um, and, and, you know, one of the techniques that I use is we go into the company and we set a, 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 a big, hairy, audacious goal to, to um, steal from, you know, from, from uh, others. And um, that is that, you know, so I'll, we'll go into a company and say, look, you're currently turning over 20 million. What does it take to be global number one? I'm only interested in, in working with CEOs that have the aspiration and the, and, and, and the ability to be global number one. So the yeah, I aspire, but there's no way I'm going to do it. It's not there's not the right thing. So yeah. we work out what is it narrow their focus generally because the reason that people don't get to be number one is that they're actually quite good at six things, okay? But what's the one thing you're really going to get after? And the thing about the the, the, the BHAG, the big, hairy, uh, audacious goal, is to change their mindset. And hiring is a, is a key thing. So if we say, right, we need to be 100 million within X years, okay? What does the team look like and who do we have? Mm. And then you go back and you look at the current team and you say, okay, well, Fred is he's not brilliant, but he's not bad. He's not so bad that we need to exit him. But, and he's sort of okay. And you can convince yourself that you'll get through the year with him. But if you're saying, no, we're going to quadruple the company in three years, you say, no, he's not the right person. And actually, yeah. the cost to the business is that this six or seven out of 10 player is holding the spot and in the way of somebody that could be a nine or a 10 out of 10 player. That's and that's, and that's, the, that's the way that you get around these hiring decisions. It says, 
you know, do you really, really want to be global number one? And have you got the team? And the answer is you haven't got the team to be global number one because to be global number one, you get the team today and you act like you're global number one today yes. and then you'll become global number one. Yes. You don't act like you're going to be global 100 and one day wake up and find your number one. It doesn't work that way. No, that's um, and so and it's really important. So hiring decisions... And, and forcing people to look in the mirror and say, you know, I'll say, okay, well, don't exit him, but you're never going to be number one. Is that okay? Mm. And then people really get back to their goal. Mm, is it okay? Am I actually a lifestyle business, as I like to say, versus yeah. a performance business? Yes. And, and it sort of depends whether people want an easy entrepreneurs, an easy life, or whether they want to leave a dent on the universe, yes. you know, as, as we talk about. And if they want to change the world, then they will hire and they will be global number one. Fantastic. Hey, look, yeah. there's so much we could chat Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Let's let's have a final top tip. <laughs> a final top tip um, oh. from you to people who are listening, who, you know, from starting off in their careers to my, they're already CEOs or they're chairman yeah. or they're in mid-range. What what would be a, another another tip you'd give about becoming an inspiring leader, skills that you found have been oh. um, I think uh, I believe in the potential in, 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 in everyone. I mean, quite yeah. genuinely. Um but uh, but you should do things that you like, okay? Mm -hmm. And you should set yourself goals that are possible, but at the edge of impossible. So you'll never, you know, I could do that, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, and just keep pushing yourself. I mean, I remember, um, I remember when I joined Unilever's training program and the CEO was talking to me and saying, what's your aspiration? And I said, chief engineer. And he went, I, I think you're going to be at least technical director. I went, really? No, I'm not. I'm really not that sure. And then, and then I can remember being at McKinsey with Ian Davis that we talked about the podcast. And, and when we were, when we, when, when I uh, moved on to go to Ice and Frozen Foods, there were several other colleagues. Um, and, uh, and he said, and, and read out our names, you know, fantastic, you know, thank you for all your work. And, and they're all going to be CEOs. And actually, uh, they were, and I wasn't. And I actually went up to him afterwards and said, no, I think you've been, I, I'd just like to say, I'm not going to be a CEO. I'm going to be a commercial director, you know. And he just looked at me and he said, no, 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 you will be a CEO. <laughs> That's right. You know? nice. But it wasn't, you sort of felt that he meant it. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. And then later on, you know, you meet people and, and, and so on and so forth so I've, I've, I've always looked I've never aspired for anything in particular but just looked at the edge of what I could do and push towards it and I, I think that's the encouragement yeah Stefan thank you very much indeed my friend yeah. uh, I really Pleasure. appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom yeah. with people you didn't have to do it but you did it for me and I appreciate thank that. you so yeah, thank no, you very it's much a pleasure to help yeah yeah great bye for now So now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you going to do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, Get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.